0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG 13. This is Bucks and Bolts with Casey Hudson. Good morning, good morning, hockey fans. Welcome to Pucks and Bolts, an Odyssey original podcast analyzing the Tampa Bay Lightning in their quest to further cement this team as a dynasty and Tampa Bay as a hockey town. Pucks and Bolts will bring you in-depth insight of games and practices, as well as storylines of your favorite players and coaches multiple times a week. So the best way to stay on top of all this excitement is to download the Odyssey app, search Pucks and Bolts, hit that auto download button so that every brand new episode gives you a notification and it's just sitting there waiting for you to enjoy all things Tampa Bay Lightning as well as hockey, depending on what's going on. I am your host, Casey Hudson, and it's time for us to dive into a brand new episode of Pucks and Bolts. And guys, I'm really excited because before the NHL All-Star break, we had four amazing guests on. If you have not taken a minute to go catch those episodes, do so right now. We had Greg Wolfon, who is the voice of the Tampa Bay Lightning, the in-arena host, and he's also hit the trifecta of hosting, as he did the NHL Classic. He's doing the stadium series coming up, and he just rocked out at the NHL All-Star Weekend. Then we had We the Thunder two amazing guys who really know this team in and out they have followed the lightning forever they go to as many games as they possibly can and they recently just broke the curse of all of them attending a game forcing bolts to lose good job guys and then we had ed and cena from the Tampa bay times ed has covered this team for so long he has had access that many other people have never had he's talked to players one-on-one he has such an authentic and realistic approach to everything going on with the lightning Another episode you don't want to miss. And last but not least, Adam Denker. That was such a fun episode. We talked about the trade deadline. He gave us some really interesting names in terms of guys that could potentially, or who he would like to see, added to the Tampa Bay Lightning roster. So many topics have been covered over the last week and a half, two weeks, but it all brings us to this. All-Star Week, All-Star Break, where the Lightning were heading into this break, and we will talk about the NHL All-Star Weekend. It was so exciting. I just got back from a torturous long drive last night. And while others are like, well, you didn't have to run through airports. You didn't have to like do all that. I know, but there's nothing worse than being a three hour convenient, quote unquote, convenient drive from your destination and it taking almost six hours to get back home. My spine hates me. My body hates me, but my heart and my head are so happy because NHL All-Star Weekend was amazing. And that's where we will start things off. So heading into All-Star Weekend or All-Star Break, whatever you want to call it, the Bolts were on the high of 12 consecutive home wins and a three-game win streak. When we got a chance to talk with We the Thunder as well as Greg Wolf, we were discussing the importance of kind of being where the bolts are, being on the right trajectory before heading into the break, getting to breathe a minute, getting to not do so much hockey unless you were participating in the All-Star Weekend. And, you know, it was kind of all the same thing to be able to take a pause on a high note, to take a pause where you can reflect and say our team is in the right place at the right time with some minor adjustments needed. That's going to help these guys really indulge in their break. And by indulge, I don't mean go crazy to where they're going to come back and look like crap. I mean, indulge as in turn off their brains for a second, reset. Remember half of the reasons they got into hockey to begin with, because I think that's the most crucial part of a reset, and then bounce back. So before we get into the bounce back and what we're going to see in the second half of the season, let's get into that NHL All-Star Weekend. I headed down to Fort Lauderdale on Wednesday, and this might just be a picky thing to say, but I'm going to say it. Guys, Fort Lauderdale is not Miami, and Miami is not Fort Lauderdale. So everyone who kept saying they were in Miami, no, you were not in Miami. You were in Fort Lauderdale, and it was beautiful for majority of the All-Star break. Saturday, of course, had to get a little weird, but we'll get into that momentarily. So I got down there Wednesday, and it was media day, which is probably one of the most exciting parts of the NHL all-star weekend, because when you cover a specific team or when you're in a specific territory, unless you're with NHL network or anyone on a national scale, you're not bouncing around to see all these teams or all of these spectacular players. And that's the coolest part about all of this is the top of the top of the league, regardless of the voting conversation, regardless of the snub conversation, you guys know how I felt about some of the snub talk, but regardless of all of that, It's something special to be amongst the top athletes in the NHL. So Media Day went down on Wednesday at 3.30. And the funniest part about this, I just have to share with you all, is that everyone thought that Media Day was going to be in the ballroom of one of these grand hotels on the beach. And so half of the media is in suits, ready to be in a cold, you know, or climate-manageable atmosphere in a ballroom in a hotel. And as everyone starts piling in and and getting in and uh, picking up their credential at one specific hotel, hopping over to another hotel, you start to realize that the setup is outdoors on a terrace. Was it stunning? Absolutely. Um, but yeah, no indication that it was going to be outside and people are out there just sweating from head to toe because they're wearing the wrong attire to be outside in Fort Lauderdale, literally on the water. So the only people that got it right were anyone who just kind of ran in last minute, anyone that was clearly a native Floridian or the players who were on the beach a couple hours beforehand. And obviously they told them what was happening and how media day would go down. So the guys come in short sleeve shorts hats you know ready to rock out on the terrace and and kick off media day but half of media were in suits or like leather pants and heels and stuff and the death that become us who did not properly understand where we were going to be doing media day well we all made it through so they had a bunch of the podium set up um they had brought out the western conference guys first switched over to eastern conference and it was just it was amazing to have so many different conversations um with these top guys and you know, you want to keep it light. You want to keep it fun. It's NHL all-star break. It's a, it's a weekend of them to just honestly play the sport they love with no pressure, no tension. Um, but the conversations of just like how far back a lot of these guys go, I think that when we get so into a season or, you know, the statistics, the numbers, the figures of, of the NHL of hockey, um, we forget that guys like Seth Jones and Nathan McKinnon played versus each other in juniors. And there might still be, you know, some chirping. There or some situations that rear their head every time these guys compete. So one of the first conversations I had was with Seth Jones and he's the one who kind of brought it up. I'm like, you know, is there anyone here that you get excited about or have a chip on your shoulder to go against, to compete against, or just to be a category of, you know, at the end of the weekend, you could say you did something better than he did. And he's like, you know, I, I haven't gotten past juniors, the situation with, with Nathan McKinnon. And I'm like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that information. So I'm like, do you still get on him about that? Like, do you guys still have some, some chirping going on between the two? And he said, yeah. And then when I asked him to give me an example, obviously he said it wasn't extremely appropriate to be recorded, but he gave himself a good laugh. And it's just really cool to see that so many of these guys have a history that can still be so present, even at this point and time in their career. So you have Seth Jones and McKinnon, who, you know, still have this thing with juniors. You've got the brothers, the lineup of the brothers. You've got the Kachuk guys that really sold the show, honestly. By the time they got out there, obviously they were on the same roster for NHL All-Star Weekend. And their entire family and then some came out to support. But of course, it's always the question of, you know, who's better? Who's putting up? What are they doing statistically? What's going on? But their teams obviously play a huge role in that. So the family dynamic came in heavy this All-Star Weekend and just kept the excitement high and so much fun. But Guys, while there was so much excitement with each and every individual player, the biggest conversation that took place on media day was the fact that Sidney Crosby and Alexander Ovechkin were a part of this. And they're two guys who are paving the way for records and – and milestones that other players will maybe never see in their life. And we know that there's about three guys ahead of them. But, you know, with every game Ovechkin plays, he's clipping some of the best in the league. Not some of, he's clipping the best in the league. So for them to get there, it was Ovechkin, his son Sergei, they stole the show. But just great um, insight that they gave from how long they've played in the league, the accolades they've racked racked up in the league. And so when Ovechkin sits down and just paints a picture of what NHL All-Star Weekend means from his perspective, from the perspective of a guy who has not only done this sport for so long, but have moved milestones uh, up to standards that may not be attainable by other players, it's a unique situation. So for him, it wasn't just nice to have a break. Nice to, you know, do something different. Nice to turn off hockey for a second. It was the interaction between the players. It was getting to know these guys that you only see in competitive atmospheres for the most part, because typically when hockey is on break, these guys have families to go back to and different countries to travel to, not just for fun, but because it's the only time they get to see their family. So Ovechkin painted a very elaborate picture of what All-Star Weekend actually means in terms of the camaraderie and the players getting to know each other. And, you know, just because they're the goats in this, Cindy Crosby and and Ovechkin, doesn't mean that they're not looking at these other players and admiring what they're doing. There was so much conversation also revolving around the fact that people were excited to see Tage Thompson and NHL All-Star Weekend. But, of course, he wasn't a part of it. Uh, His teammate, um, Dolan. there's no media day without talking about yours truly, the Tampa Bay Lightning guys. We had Andre Vasileski and Nikita Kucherov representing Bolts Nation down in Fort Lauderdale. And that was a funny one because we know Nikita Kucherov hasn't been to like done a presser or been on a podium in months um, and he rarely does them. So the excitement of, OK, we're finally going to get a chance to talk to Nikita Kucherov was so high. And Kucherov was Kucherov, so there's no disappointment there. Just not very long-winded, very to the point. Um, I think I was the only one with a terrible question. I was like, okay, which beach is better, like this one or Tampa Bay? And he says he doesn't go to beaches. So after that, I just kind of reeled it in. I at least got a great response out of him when I asked, you know, what was he most excited about for NHL weekend? And he said, all the competitions seem really cool. More importantly, he's just excited to play with, like, other great players. And I was like, wow, that was a mouthful for Nikita Kucherov. I will leave it at that. And then I pivoted over to Andre Vasilevsky, who was so personable this weekend. Vasy described his mask to me. Uh, he was saying that he wanted to go along with the whole Miami Vice vibe, so that's where the colors and stuff came from. Uh, he even explained that if you look close enough, above his visor were, like, the – sunglasses that everybody's wearing these days. So all the intricate details of the mask and how cool it was to just just to create something for more of a fun element, even though this was his fifth appearance, you know, there's different themes that go into different things. And he was really excited about this one. Uh, A lot of the Russian players love to visit Miami. That's their go-to place uh, here in Florida. So he also said it was really cool to be able to just do more surrounding around Miami, one of their favorite cities. So Miami Vice Helmet for Andre Vasileski. Kachuk Brothers steal the show. You get to talk to goats like Andre, or not Andre, Alexander Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby and just, you know, catching up with some of these other guys. Another great conversation with Colorado Avalanches, Mika Rantanen, who is a huge Arsenal fan. So of course, I couldn't wait to ask him about Arsenal because I too am a huge Arsenal fan. So we got a chance to talk about Arsenal. We got a chance to talk about, you know, how his team's doing, how, you know, they're starting to get healthy again, Um, maybe even healthy at the right time. He was talking about the importance of just having fun with this weekend because it can help with confidence in the second half of the season. Um, He also was explaining that when you get to come here and remember that hockey's fun, it can change the game for you heading back. And we did see all three of the Colorado Avalanche players having a time. So while this is Tampa Bay Lightning focus, just something to keep an eye on. When you see what other players are doing and where their mindset's at, it's going to help us evaluate matchups down the line. And the Bolts do host the Colorado Avalanche at Emily Arena this Thursday. So awesome media day. I was so stoked to talk to so many of the guys. Great media reception after. The next day, we had the NHL All-Star Kickoff Party, which Greg Wolf hosted. So our guest that I mentioned earlier in the segment, he did amazing. He held it down. All the music was great. And American Social in Fort Lauderdale, not American Social in Tampa, but it was still pretty awesome. Some of the players did end up sliding through there later on throughout the evening. Um, I did not make it an entirely late night because, well, I still had to be up at 6 o'clock in the morning to work. Uh, So nothing too crazy for me. Friday came the skills competition. Um, If you guys are hearing me struggle a little bit, it's because when you talk for a week straight, your vocal cords want you to feel like you have strep throat when you actually don't. So bear with me. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th Panthers arena is actually pretty nice. I know that's a tough sentence to say because the rivalry between the Panthers and the Lightning are so obvious. But they have a pretty stellar arena, not going to lie. And you first get in, they extremely emphasize the hot pink and the lime green, the Miami Vice vibes. But that's not what caught my attention immediately. Me being me, as soon as I walked in through security and got all my stuff checked out, it was the drum kit and the whole setup that was just sitting at the bottom there. And if you guys didn't know or finally found out on Saturday, Fallout Boy was the second intermission uh, all-star performance. And yes, the nostalgia was real. I was back to my emo middle school, high school self. And that was amazing for me, probably embarrassing for others who had to watch me enjoy that. Um, nice little tidbit. Yes, Casey was the, the too much eyeliner. I didn't wear like goth clothes, but... You know, I skateboarded. I did all the weird things. Um, So totally love that. Got distracted by that for a full 30 minutes before finally getting around the arena and the skills competition. To see that live was, I honestly have no words because you see how spectacular these guys are with such ease, but you know, they can't really use these in games. Like Seeing this skill set level is really hard to do at a fast pace normal movement of the game. So being able to see it there, then you're like, wow, this guy really is that good. Or this guy needs to be talked about way more. So that was probably my favorite part about the skills competition. Things opened up with the fastest skater. Everybody was excited to see Kale McCarr and thought that he was going to be the guy. Well, no, McCarr wiped out around a bend as he was just coming towards the finish line. Um, not that it was humorous, but of course, the guys are having fun with all of this on the ice, but it was just really unexpected. you was just like, dang, you had a little too much momentum on that last bend there, guy. And he was out. I mean, 22 seconds was not going to match what Kevin Fiala and Svetnikov were putting up. So the finale was Svetchnikov versus Fiala. Uh, Fiala kind of took a little too wide of a turn on that final bend, adding an, a second to his time, and Svechnikov came in about 0.07 of his previous time. So Svechnikov takes fastest skater this year at NHL All-Star Weekend. The one that was most humorous to me, of course, was when it came down to the accuracy shooting competition. You had McDavid, you had Dreisaitl, you had Nikita Kucherov, who was honestly somewhat a fan favorite, but he just barely barely made fourth place and top four guys go to the final and I feel like this was kind of this was kind of messed up you don't put Connor McDavid last in a competition you don't get people's hopes up to think that they're seeing something that's going to be accurate pun intended to not be to not be accurate these guys thought that they were crushing it 13 seconds hit four bullseyes 15 seconds okay we're good Cooch was at 18 seconds sitting at number four, but it, it looked like a shoe in it looked like, you know, this was your final four and no Connor McDavid comes in last and hits all four targets in nine seconds, making it look beyond easy. I, if I was a player down on the ice, I'd have been like, he has to go first. We have to see what the best of the best is working with. You don't save him for last and get people's hopes up and then just couldn't take it all away. So as soon as McDavid did that, um, it was just so tough to watch. Nine seconds. Everybody else was like the best one was maybe 13, 14 seconds. Nine seconds comes Connor McDavid, knocks Nikita Kucherov drop out of fourth place, takes first place, and then top four guys go in to win it. And it actually was not uh McDavid that won it at the end. Um, you kind of got stuck on those bottom targets there. So that was so cool to see. Then you have the shootouts with the goalies. They had <laughs> one goalie behind net to send the puck down and score across. And if we learned one thing, Sorokin does not have, uh, well, he doesn't really have any puck handling skills. He couldn't get it in. We thought that that was going to be detrimental to Vasi, who was crushing it in the net. And so that was cool for the, what did they call it? The 10 tandem was for the goaltenders. And then, of course, one of the most intriguing ones, the hardest shot in the league, People were going berserk thinking that Ovechkin was going to come in and hit like a 105 or something wild, and it was not. It was Elias Patterson from the Canucks who came in and put up – he posted like a 103 and a 105, so it was just not even close for the guys. Some of the defensemen that you thought were going to get a little bit closer in there, like Seth Jones, uh, no, he had like a 93 and a 95. Ovechkin missed the first one and then racked up a 95. So all of these skills competitions, again, just show you how – if the guys had maybe another tenth of a second on the ice to make these decisions what we would be seeing but the skill sets there the precision's there the uh impossible capability to break on a dime to make decisions in tight spaces all the things that make you love hockey to begin with was very much uh emulated as well as just highlighted in the skills competition and also our weekend as a whole so that was Friday and then comes the skills game on Saturday where you know, you break it, break it up into three-on-three format. We had a lot of conversations previously with people if they like the three-on-three format. I'm a fan of it. The only time that three-on-three stresses me out is obviously when your team is in a tight contention and you want them to win and you can't breathe when it comes down to to that setup. So three-on-three was amazing. Um, the guys still had so much fun with it. They really displayed their their skills. They really displayed a lot of swag. Um, a surprising swaggy player out there was Matthew Kachuk. Now, I'm not going to get too high up on everything that Matthew did because he is still technically a rival, but he was crushing it. He was crushing it. He had a heck of an all-star game. I haven't seen him skate like that, honestly, in most of the Panthers games, and I haven't followed his career much before that, so... I will say this, Matthew Kachuk, you get uh, a hats off from me. And there's no pun intended there because Matthew Kachuk did have a hat trick. So when things got going at three o'clock, you had Central taking on Pacific and Central made it look like cake work. I uh, was talking to some of the colleagues from WDAE and I was like, I would not be surprised if Central wins at all because you also had so much familiarity. You had Rantanen and McKinnon as, and Makar all playing on the same, you know, playing at the same time they know each other they are familiar obviously their teammates and they made it so obvious at first but i think the guys started picking up on it and knew how to separate them a little bit so central takes the first game metropolitan and atlantic was interesting because the one-two punch that was Sidney crosby and alex ovechkin was impossible to not enjoy but it was terrible if you were rooting for the atlantic so um that came on about three different times and then ovechkin put up a goal as well but atlantic they they got up there. They sealed the deal for themselves. It was Dylan Larkin, Matthew Kachuk, um, and Nikita Kucherov, yours truly, that helped the Atlantic team push through. Um, and that's not me not not taking into account what David Postonoff brings to the table, but pasta pasta was the finale guy. He was the guy in the final putting in work along with Matthew Kachuk. So it was really cool to just see what players would step up for each division and um, the Atlantic was kind of not obvious, I want to say, but it was cool to see Matthew Kuchuk kind of top the charts there. Nikita Kucherov still doing what Cooch does. Um, Nikita Kucherov and Pasternak playing on the same line is something that we all want to see again and again and again forever. If that was a trade that could be done, that'd be sick. And I mean, Pasta coming to Tampa, not ever seeing Kucherov in a Boston Bruins jersey. So the finale was Central taking on the Atlantic. And the guys were able to handle the Colorado Avalanche guys. um, And the goaltending is really what it came down to. Uh, Between Vasilevsky and Sorokin, they kept these guys from scoring up towards the end is when they were able to put up a few more points. But then you have the Dylan Larkin with a hat trick and Matthew Kachuk with a hat trick in the finale. And they sealed the deal for the Atlantic. Now, what made this even better is the fact that ever since the 3-on-3 format went down, down in 2016, The Atlantic has not won. So the Atlantic finally get a crown after a great weekend in Fort Lauderdale. The Central is the only division to not win one. Yet, something to keep in mind. I don't know. Maybe it's petty, but it just made me think of Colorado Avalanche versus the Tampa Bay Lightning Stanley Cup that just went down that could have maybe played out differently or better, but leave it to me to think that way. So, so much excitement around the All-Star weekend. Atlantic takes the cake. And we got to talk with Andre Vasilevsky after, as well as Pasternak and Um, I couldn't hang back and wait for Nikita Kucherov, but between Vassi and Pasta, they were both very excited to not only rep the Atlantic division, but to help the Atlantic division finally collect a W, a crown, and a trophy. And Pasta was saying that he just had so much fun with it. There was so many one-on-ones and breakaways that he had, and he's just toying with them. He had one of the most narrow, nasty five holes that you would see. I get it, guys. It is just a fun NHL competition. But still, when you see these guys do, the, do these incredible things on the ice, you still have to appreciate it. You still have to love it. So Pasta toying with goalies out there. So he made a joke about, you know, just kind of using that moment in space to get creative and try some things that he may or may not try in the game and may or may not be trying in the second half of the season. So that confident chip that's going to go on a lot of these players' shoulders is going to make for a big second half of the season, the most important part of the season, heading towards playoffs. So that's all of the recapping I can give without completely dragging it all out for NHL All-Star Weekend. Again, a beautiful weekend. Um, so much to look forward to when it comes to next year. NHL Commissioner uh, did announce that at next year's NHL All-Star Weekend will be in Toronto. So we're really looking forward to that. Love Canada. Love Toronto. Been there a few times. Um, would have loved to explore somewhere else, but I will never complain against going to an original sixth place and getting to just embrace that much more hockey. And of course, Justin Bieber is probably going to be like the face of that all-star weekend because we know his obsession, his love, his diehard love, not only for the Leafs, but for Austin Matthews. And as I mentioned, guys, we got a chance to talk with Pasternak as well as Andrei Vasilevsky after Atlantic took the W versus Central. Here is what Andrei Vasilevsky had to say after the game and how excited he was about taking the W and representing the Atlantic.
1: That's kind of a highlight that has been yeah. looking forward to
0: today. I mean, was that even special for you, even Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You know, uh, uh, I'd say so. No, that, you guys, uh, as I said, it was always like about. Uh, I kick you, man. Now they, they were on the same team. Um, I was facing uh, well, both no, really uh, the of them. Unfortunately, you know, I didn't go well in that situation, but I yeah. can't complain. Right? What is it like talking to Sid off the ice? What is it like getting an interact said Sid off the ice? Yeah, also when you're yeah, in, in the locker room, yeah, room and just kind of myself, hanging out? Yeah, and yeah. As yeah, yeah. I said, uh, the goal was, was to share, share this moment okay. with the best uh, yeah. players in the world. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Nah, it was just, more uh, like, um, as you said, a little chatting in the locker room as well, and some funny Trev Stock on the ice the, from uh, uh, the other team, you know, it's all about having fun, you know, for us, for the fans, for the family, so it's, it's yeah it was such an, an amazing now you guys got the prize money yeah, any a idea what bit. you're going to do with your time? To, to be honest I, There's a reason it's the first, it first time it's my like football star and i never just, won so I have no idea what's, games, what's the, the deal here is like, the um, um, yeah I guess we'll, we'll find out and then, then figure out so we can that's do it and stuff guys is love but that you can know, take a goalie we can kind of kind of do as you guys have to try <laughs> or to, to get, or get back to It's you know, just uh, emotions. Obviously, this uh, it's not like uh, there's like much game experience cuz guys uh, not trying that hard, like in the game, right? It's probably no. It's I told mean, to step it up. Um, no, it's 60, 70 percent. Play almost all ten minutes. So yeah, playing it just hard to all take all things, something for uh, for a real game, but uh, you know, emotionally, it was such a such a boost. In, uh, yeah, it just was. Uh, it was a good thing just uh, to get away from, good, uh, from the regular uh, season and have fun kind of a little of bit, and and yeah. kind of uh, get, uh, you know joke around and the on the, the ice, kind of and ice, 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 do some silly things. And now, but it's out time again. So much As we can, everyone remember what? what do you think you'll remember? Yeah. most? Like, you know, uh, like from this weekend? Not one of me like that. That was uh, that was that was tough. Probably um, just to understand probably understand. everything. Yeah, don't so. <laughs> so. Why did it uh, so it's good. it's, it's so tough to years. pick mm-hmm. just um, one um, one name. Uh, uh, I mean, we were talking be, about LeShkin uh, and Crosby, like two 0 no against me. So it was probably one of them. But yeah, just in general. You know, just uh, well, to have that the uh, great time a with, the, with going all on, the guys in the water. Bezzy, Panarin made a comment yesterday about how, how many Russians. He looked around on the bus and, and saw so many Russians. What is it like to look out there tonight and see so many Russians out there on the ice? Yeah, it's great. It's great. You know, we were having fun. You know, a little friendly, fresh talk to Just some silly stuff. But, no, as I said before, great for our country.
0: wrapping a bow on NHL all-star weekend that takes us into what is now the most important conversation. We are at the second half of the NHL season gunning towards playoffs. And the real conversation is, are are the bolts on the right track? Uh, How will this weekend have helped them clear their minds, reset and get ready to recharge for the second part of the season. And we got to talk to Nikita Kucherov and Baski about that a little bit um, down in Fort Lauderdale and, you know, Nikita Kucherov just basically sums it up to say he more so takes on that evaluation once the break wraps up. He does like to be present for the break, but all in all, he feels like the team is on the right track with some small things that they need to clean up. I'm paraphrasing here because, of course, with Kucherov, it's a different conversation, different tone. But all in all, all players kind of feel this way. There's small things to clean up. Um, let's put it this way. The cleanups that they have to do aren't detrimental to the point where they're hyper focusing on needing to bring somebody in for the trade deadline. They know that they can add some depth so that they can alleviate guys at the right time. But outside of that, there really are just small pieces here that need to continue to be polished. I would say that between 12 consecutive home wins, a three-game win streak, the Bolts are on the right track when it comes to taking on the second half of the season. And they kick off the season or bring the season back starting tonight versus in-state rivals, the Florida Panthers, down in Sunrise, Florida. So, no, the guys didn't stay there. They actually came up for a practice at TGH and then flew back down to Fort Lauderdale yesterday afternoon. Typically, Lightning head into this matchup, 32-15-1, and coming back from All-Star Week. Uh, they're sitting in third place in the Atlantic Division with 65 points from 48 contests, nine points ahead of fourth place team buffalo sabers with two games in hand so just to put into perspective we were talking to ed and cena kind of about the fact that there's a nice cushion i don't even want to say cushion that's not the greatest word but there's a nice little margin there's a nice little break there between the third spot and the fourth spot in the atlantic division so if the bolts come into this you know heads on right refreshed not trying to kind of like lag into the season second half of the season coming off of a wild break then they're going to put themselves in a great position to start matching pace with the Toronto Maple Leafs, who we also discussed, you know, are they within reach of topping those guys or kind of matching those guys? And everybody kind of agrees that they are. With that, uh, the Bolts are currently riding that three game win streak that I was mentioning. um, But it's their road record. That's a little questionable heading into this matchup. Uh, They had a wonky road trip before they had that three game, three game win on home ice before all-star break. Having gone a 10, out of 10 away games, they're 4-6-0 and 0 overall. Um, Nikita Kucherov still leading the Tampa Bay Lightning with 72 points for an ongoing campaign of 19 goals and 53 assists. And then it's Brandon Point, not even behind him, but shortly, shortly right there with 54 points. Um, and he's put away 29 goals on net. I mention all that to say that When the guys took on, hit the ice yesterday to go to practice, to come back together and see what was going on, there was some Cooper shuffling that took place. We all know how much I love the Cooper shuffle alert, just to put things into perspective. So Cooper shuffle for yesterday's practice were along the lines of a nice change to the top line. You got Stammer hanging out on that top line, which a couple people love. Um, I'm not against it or for it. I just don't love messing with the chemistry that we all love, which is Brandon Hagel, Nikita Kucherov, and Brayden Point. But Coach Cooper knows best. So yesterday's lines looked a lot like Stamkos, Point, Kucherov on that top line. Hagel, Sorelli, Kalorn on the second line. Colton, Paul, Maroon stick together on the third line. Nemestikov, Belomere, and Perry on the fourth line. Your pairings for defense, still the same. Hedman, Bogosian, Cole, Chernex, Sergachev, Perbix flurry and footer. So only those two top lines take a change there. And I think it's obviously for not only to find a spark, but to kind of see if they can get a guy like Pointer back in the scoring column more consistently, Stamkos more consistently. Um, And then Kucherov, he started getting hot when it came to goals, not just assists, towards the end of the first half of the season there so we always trust coach cooper when it comes to the shuffle and what he's seeing what he's feeling out with the guys i just found it interesting to make that adjustment right after nhl all-star weekend when you know the third line staying intact yeah those guys have been tremendous in those last three games before a break top line wasn't really sparking too much but you still saw a lot out of brandon hagel but haggs and sorelli I'm interested to see how that that little duo goes about. And Sorelli and Kalorn have un, undeniable chemistry. We know Kalorn knows how to feed Sorelli. And now you're going to have two top two-way players on the same line for one, two of the top four checkers in the league on the same line for two. And Alex Kalorn, if he can keep doing what he was doing towards the end of the first half of the season, that second line might be the most exciting line to watch versus the Florida Panthers tonight. Now, when it comes to who's going to be in between the pipes, Vasilevsky did not practice yesterday. He was the only guy missing from practice. Uh, I don't know if that's an indicator of whether or not he'll be between the pipes tonight. I don't think Vassy needs to be in goal for one coming up all-star weekend, participating in all the goalie stuff, but the moose really holds it down. Brian Elliott has been solid for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And most of the games that he has lost has not really been entirely on him. It's been on how the defense has played in front of him. So, Not sure yet who will be in between the pipes. There was no indication other than the fact that Bassi was not at practice yesterday. Um, And then to come back to that top line for just a second, you've got Kucherov who's racked up 38 points, 16 goals, 22 assists, and 29 prior meetups with the Panthers. So if there's a team that Kucherov loves to go against, which now makes so much sense as to every time his name was called All-Star Weekend. It was booed, and I had fans correcting me on Twitter saying, no, you're not hearing it right. It's Kooch." I'm like, guys, I'm sitting right here. It's a distinct boo. The Florida Panthers and their fans do not like Nikita Kucherov, and this is a great reason why. A guy that puts up 38 points on your team after meeting with them for 29 meetings, yeah, he's gonna kind of rub you the wrong way. Great for Bolts fans, terrible for Panther fans. Uh Meanwhile, the lightning are netting the fourth highest amount of goals per game. So far that's 3.63 only allowing the 13th lowest quantity defensively 2.92 and they are the third best in power play 26.7% and 11th in penalty kill 80.9%. So some figures to keep in mind as they get ready to march back into Panther territory to hopefully secure a win. Um, Again, between the line shuffling, the second part of the season, can they build off of what they were doing before the break? These are all the questions that we will see play out tonight. I'm going to go with probably Brian Elliott being between the pipes, and I'm excited to see those top two lines go to action, but more importantly, that second line. Quickly pivoting over to the Panthers, what to expect from them before we wrap things up here on Pucks and Bolts. Uh, The Panthers are trying to contend for three points to get that wild card spot. Uh, We've seen these guys kind of sneak in there. The past two and a half, three years, yeah, they were a bit stronger the year before last. But again, last year they were able to pull it through. I wouldn't count them out, uh, especially if they start getting hot at the right time. Uh, Their original goalie, Brovowski, has been out with a lower body injury, which put Spencer Knight back between the pipes. He hasn't played since January 8th, um, a long-awaited comeback. But we will never, ever, ever look at the name Spencer Knight the same because this is a guy who put up a shutout versus the Tampa Bay Lightning I think it was the year before last, and that was a hard game to watch because no one could understand how Spencer Knight was doing it, uh, shutting down the top players in the league on the Tampa Bay Lightning roster. So still creates an interesting matchup tonight to have Knight between the pipes and uh, leading over to our problematic players on that Florida Panthers roster. If you didn't hear me say it enough at the top of this Pucks and Bulls segment, Matthew Kachuk is on a bit of a hot streak. He's feeling himself He had a lot of fun at NHL All-Star Weekend, showed off skills that I know he's going to be so anticipating to play against the Tampa Bay Lightning and display that skill set that he put on for fans at NHL All-Star Weekend. So Kachuk tops the Florida Panthers chart with uh, 66 points, 25 goals, 41 assists. Carter Verhage shortly behind him, but not behind as he has 43 points and has tallied the most goals with 26. Um, It was... Weird to not see Verhage around too much when it came to All-Star Weekend. For one, uh, he was a part of the Tampa Bay Lightning roster. He was loved by Tampa Bay Lightning fans. I know that was a a tough little trade that happened. And then, of course, once he gets to the Panthers, he becomes that guy uh, that just solidifies right time, right system, right team all the things we did see him hanging out with his dog on the beach a little bit, but not too much personal involvement with all star weekend, but for that guy who has been a part of this team knows his coaching staff kind of knows the maneuvers. So he always puts up a great fight when playing against his former Tampa Bay lightning teammates, all in all, I think the Tampa Bay lightning will come back. I think they will benefit from the refreshment. Um, there were some guys that were starting to get banged up towards the second half or the end of the first half of the season. And while they don't talk about it much, getting that break, getting that time away, getting ever to shut things down, it does help a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, The biggest lookout that I would say with that would be Victor Hedman because he started to look healthy and he started to look more himself. So a nice reset time off from the ice. Hopefully that would bring back the Victor Hedman that we know and love just all over the ice, giving these guys a run for their money. So Defensive pairings will have a big spite, spot, spite, spotlight on them this evening versus the Panthers because we are now, um, we can have that much closer to the trade deadline, which if the conversation is adding depth to the defensive unit, then sure, this is where we see what the defense can and cannot do. If it's adding a shooter, then, you know, we'll also be able to gauge that. I don't think that's going to be their immediate response. They're going to have to see what Balsers does now that he's getting through conditioning and probably going to run the team here shortly. Uh, Those are conversations that will take place this week, and we should have answers for you all starting next week. Guys, thank you so much for joining me here on Pucks and Bolts as we break down the first half of the season, as we break down into All-Star Weekend. Hopefully the excitement all made sense and uh, get into that quick little preview of the Tampa Bay Lightning taking on the Florida Panthers tonight down in sunrise. and again, things to look out for, guys, to pay attention to. Let us know your thoughts about where the Lightning stand heading into the second half of this season. Are they on track? What trade deadline decisions would you make, fans? We want to hear all things from you. You can chat with us over at Pucks and Bolts on Twitter, and of course, stay up to date on all episodes like this and all of our exciting guests. As I've mentioned, go check out those episodes with Greg Wolf, Adam Denker, Ed and Cena, and we, the Thunder, over on Pucks and Bolts on the Odyssey app search pucks and bolts hit that auto download button stay up to date on all of the news regarding the Tampa Bay Lightning I am Casey Hudson and thank you again for joining me for a brand new episode of pucks and bolts 2400 sports is an odyssey company